This is the Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome to the Eric Francis Show. It's Monday. It's game day here at the Saddle Dome. And uh, the starting goaltender for your game tonight is one Dan Vladar. I'm not sure that should surprise anybody. It is the second start in a row for the youngster. And he obviously is uh, going to be playing instead of Jacob Markstrom, whose comments last week kind of drew a big, massive spotlight to a situation that has been maybe the biggest talking point of this team all season long, or for the most part of this season. There, there, hey, there are lots of storylines here, and that keeps us all busy here at the radio station and in print. But uh, the situation has hit a point where I'm fascinated to have heard the comments from Daryl Sutter this morning. I'm going to take you there in just a second. Uh, I just want to set up the show first. Ryan Leslie's going to join us for the second half. For the first half of the show, I'd like to take your questions at 960-960. And uh, also have Derek Wills here sitting with me, and we're just going to hash over a couple of the topics of the day. But I want to first take you to this morning's chat with Daryl Sutter, where I open with four questions about the goalie situation. That's the big story right now. And I thought it was fascinating to hear a, a coach who I think generally speaking, we'd all agree is pretty set in his ways. He's got a way of doing things, especially when it comes to goaltenders and he, you know, all the outside, outside noise in the world, urging him to, to play his starter less last year. And, and for, for many years over the years in different markets falls on deaf ears. But I think this year, and I think the situation really hit such an interesting crossroads the other day when the goalie threw himself on the sword and said that he sucked at hockey and I think Daryl Sutter heard that very loud and clear. I'm not saying it was like a cry for help, but it was something that you don't hear very often. And to me, this coach is reacting because of it. So take a listen here to the, the first four questions from this morning's uh, media conference. I think it might be individual stuff. could be, you know, hey, it's just because they're athletes, doesn't matter. You still learn three ways, right? See, hear, do. Very simple. You see it, you hear it, you do it. So, see it might be the visual part in terms of video or on ice, re- reinforcing good good things. And they hear it is talking to him about it, and they do it is do it. So, it's, I learned that a long time ago with with Christopher. Quite honest, that's how they learn. Some of us are good at all three. Some of us are good at two. Some are good at one. To like try it with the children. See, hear, do. It's no different. These are young guys. That's confidence when you think about it. And, and when a guy goes public, basically telling the world, I, I'm losing my confidence right now, does that concern you as a coach or are they just chance. being honest? Not a chance. I talked about You know, I talked to them guys about that. I trust their goalies. It's the best position we have on our team, that's for sure. And and, and saying that, you, that's just because Marky came out and said, said that, right, Eric? If you look at it in the last two weeks, our goaltending, our goals against has went from 30th to 13th. So, just, just keep making progress. Even himself, you look at it, you're just, you're, you're isolated, you know, that's, and I get it. It's the old thing, the isolate saves and big saves, bad goals, right? It's highlights. Watch TV, it's the highlights. But it's the consistency of it. His, his actually save percentage and goals against has went up almost 10% over the last two and a half weeks. So we need both of them to do that. We got to keep moving. We don't get in the front. We don't get on the first page of goals against. First page of save percentage, won't make playoffs. And we're moving that way. Just just look at it. That's, that's the big picture. 
Has it altered? Have you altered your goaltending plan, or has that always been a day-to-day or week-to-week? Plan? Yeah, it's, you know what? It's you try and set a schedule sort of at the start of the year, like we talked about, to make sure that Vladdy was getting more minutes this year based on performance. You play well enough, um, but it's still very much this, and it was it's really hard to do because of schedule. So this week we play four games. So we, you know, it's tonight, Wednesday, six o'clock start, and then we play travel. So there's no practice and back to back. So it changes every week. Last week's three games, all at home. So it, it changes, changes for me based on performance schedule. Talking with the coaches, even yesterday, talking with coaches, trying to map something out, but it's hard to do. So my last one on this is, you know, Vladar getting back to back starts. I'm not sure we would have normally expected that. Is this a result of? Maybe just wanting to give Markstrom a little more time to find his yeah, game. I think both, for sure. Okay, there you have it. The head coach of the Calgary Flames, Daryl Sutter, and, uh, you know, basically confirming that, although he says he's not concerned about Markstrom's comments, and I, I understood that that's what he was probably going to say, but he is reacting and changing his goaltending approach somewhat by starting Dan Vladar back-to-back. I'm not sure the last time we've say, seen that. Uh, Derek Wills is here with me here in studio, and I'm sure you you may recall when the last time was Vladar started back. To, I'm, I don't mean to put you on the spot. It would have been last year, right? Or did he? As he started, I, mean, I think earlier in the year, maybe played back to back once. But it's pretty rare when this coach uh, gives him that ball and lets him run with it for more than just one start. And 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 I'll ask you, a you know, uh, when was the last time you see Vladar start back to back? But also, what did you take away from you know those questions, those answers today? Well, Vladar started back-to-back at the end of that last road trip. So in Carolina and then the first game of the homestand versus Florida. Okay, so, so it was this year. All right. But but that felt kind of disjointed because it wasn't back-to-back road games or back-to-back home games. But right now I think Dan Vladar, with the way he's playing, Eric, uh, has given them some time, bought them some time mm-hmm. to help get Jacob Markstrom back to where he was last season when he finished second in the Vezina Trophy race and back to where we all know he can be. And he's not the only big-name goaltender struggling. Look at Igor Shosturkin, who Did, won the Vezin Trophy. He's struggling just as much as Jacob Markstrom, maybe more. His comments the day before Markstrom's yeah. comments were very similar. 100%. He said something about he's ashamed of the way he's playing hockey right now. Yeah. And so fascinating. The best two goalies in the league last year. And the Rangers don't have as good a backup plan as the Flames. For, yeah, With fair. all due respect to Yaroslav Halak, I called his games in the AHL. Love the guy. Mm-hmm. And he's a little long in the tooth. And yep. Dan Vladar is an up-and-comer who I think keeps getting better. But, you know, Jacob Markstrom got off to his tough start this season. And I really do wonder if it goes back to that second-round series against the Oilers, which had to hurt his confidence. Um, he hasn't looked like the same goaltender since then, at least not for long stretches. No, but, I agree. you know, for me, it's about that one bad goal. Think about the game against the Canadians. So, you know, he makes the decision to come out to play the puck which was fine, but he probably should have stayed on his feet and tried to play it with a stick in hindsight. Instead, he tries to stack the pads at the top of the circles. You give up a goal 13 seconds into the hockey game, and when you're a goaltender trying to fight to get your confidence back, that's not how you want to start a game. No. And he's given up a goal in the first shot five times this year, which mm-hmm. is tied for most in the league. The other guy who's done it, this is going to... Jack Campbell? Nope. Andre Vasilevsky. So, again, not the only goaltender who's battling through Mm -hmm. some adversity right now, but they tried to let him play through it, Eric. 
and now I think they're trying a different approach. Yes. And Vladar's allowing this them to the do point. that, don't you think? Mm-hmm. He's playing well. It's a combination yeah. of he's giving them the opportunity to give Jacob some time off, and also I think Jacob felt like he hit maybe rock bottom the other day, and I think it's basically, okay, everybody, let's take a deep breath here and talk about this. Let's let Dan Vladar run with it for a little bit here. Now, I'm not saying he's going to get, you know, consecutive four or five starts, although I know there's a huge portion of the fan base that would like to see that right now. Everybody loves the backup. We always have to remind ourselves of that. And I think it's also important. I want to remind everyone, everybody loved David Riddick too. Yeah. I mean, his personality, we loved, but also everybody thought he was he was a good goalie. Remember, he was in the All-Star game because a couple guys couldn't go, but the point is he was still at the All-Star game. When David Riddick got a chance to run with the ball, as we say, and, and be the starter for a little while, it did not go well at all. So it's a totally different assignment to be a spot starter as compared to a, a, a mainstay starter. So, And I don't think the coaches in any way want Vladar to pretend, to pretend he's the main starter on this team or even act like that for any length of time. He's probably just going to be getting a little bit, a, a few more starts, I think, than Markstrom for the next little while which is what I think everybody in this city thinks is the best move. And this is the coach saying the same thing to me today. Well, and you got to give Jacob Markstrom some credit. He's not pouting. He's being hard on himself, but he's also at the same time being a really good teammate. And we saw video evidence of that on Saturday night. Yeah. Right? Like, he, he is supporting Dan Vladar in any way that he can. And I think he's actually been a pretty important part of Vladar's development. And Vladar will tell you that. 100%. They're great friends. Yeah, absolutely. And they have a great relationship. And I, I thought what the coach said was also very interesting. I mean, the other day when the whole story of the game, well, the story of the night was, was Sean Monaghan. The story after the game became Markstrom because of his reaction. But the, the goal and the game itself, you know, somebody asked, Ryan Lesma asked me on the air. So after that first period and that early goal by Markstrom, is he your starter on Saturday? And I said, well, I don't think you can decide that yet. Let's see if he fights his way out of this jam tonight because that's Which really he impressive. Did. He really did. His team just didn't give him any run support. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I also, in, in light of the fact that they lost and he said what he said after the game, I think the organization had no choice but to uh, to go with the, the route they're going now, which is good for them. Yeah, and run support's a good way to put it, and that's kind of the term we've used as well, the steal yeah. the baseball term. But you know what? He gives that goal up 13 seconds in, and then the only other goal he gives up in that game against the Canadians is on a cross-ice pass and a sniper in Cole Caulfield who scored his 40th goal in his 100th NHL game you know what? No one's stopping that. As a matter no, of fact, the next night goal. in Edmonton, he had a, the exact same chance on a power play, and he put it off the crossbar. So he had that goaltender beat as well. Yeah. So I don't fault Jacob Markstrom for that at all. And I wonder how different the conversation is, Eric, if the Flames score three goals in that game against the Canadians. Because I thought they could have won it, probably should have won it. They just didn't do enough offensively. For, for me, if your goaltender only gives up two, he's doing his job. And I know that... Jacob would be the first to tell you he's got to eliminate those early goals, those bad goals or iffy goals. But beyond that, he gave the Flames a chance to win Agreed. that hockey game. And that's what you ask your goaltender to do. I think we're all a little surprised. We, tell me if I'm wrong. But those comments, those over-the-top comments, and again, I appreciate the honesty, and we always ask athletes to be honest, and they rarely are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say they're not honest. They're not candid like that, okay? That's, that's a better way of putting it. Uh, we were all a little surprised that he was that over-the-top because I thought he played well the rest of the way. Now, he only made 17 saves. It wasn't like he was called upon to do a lot. But I remember writing after the game, like, 
look, you know, updating his stats from before the game. His goals against average and his save percentage improved that night. Yeah. So Sutter had alluded to that saying over the last two and a half weeks, his numbers have been improving and trending in the right direction. But there was just that one god-awful play. And I have a theory. I want to throw this at you because I threw this at some people on the weekend, and they're like, huh. The guy coming down on that play when he decided to, to, to come out and get the puck was Sean Monaghan. And he knows that. Every player on the ice knows who's coming in. You always know who you're up against on every shift at every minute. He saw that that was Sean Monaghan coming in. When you're a goal and you're going out and you know that that's going to be a collision possibility, I wonder if there's a tiny bit in his mind where he thought, I don't want to smash into this guy. You don't buy this at all? I think he's thinking way too much is what I think. You okay. know, and instead of just letting the game come to him and playing instinctually, yeah. I think he's got too much going on between his ears right now. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that did factor into why he handled the, that situation the way that he did. Uh, I asked a couple of former NHL goaltenders about it, and Mark Denis, who works on the Canadians uh, mm-hmm. television broadcast, told me either you have to just stay in your net and prepare to deal with the breakaway, or you've got to come out to play the puck. And he was pretty decisive in making that decision, but you got to stay on your feet and give yourself a chance. Yeah. Because when he goes down, now I know that the defensive zone coverage in front of him wasn't great either, but if you're a defenseman, you're like, well, what do I do now? If this puck gets stopped, it could go the other way. If it gets through the goaltender, i got to try to play the goalie myself. But maybe he was trying to avoid a, a collision with Sean Monaghan because we all love Sean. It was great to see him get a standing ovation the way that he did, but... Uh, and I, I don't know. I was wondering what he was thinking. Maybe he was thinking that. And I'm not suggesting he was going easy on because it was Sean Monahan, yeah. but I just I just thought when a goalie comes out like that in a play like that, he's almost anticipating, oh, this is going to be a big collision. And we saw Markstrom have one of those in his first year here, and I think and he, he ended hurt. up missing some time did, after yes. that. Was that when he got his concussion? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, maybe that's going through his mind. He's like, just if I, if I slide, then he certainly can't get the best of me. He'll hit. You know, I'll take out his leg. I don't know. It's not I think worth. He's trying too hard. Right? Yeah, and people will be like, "What, what and, do you mean and, he's and trying over, too hard?" And maybe overthinking how you, it. Yeah. How do you try too hard? I think he he wants to get his game back so badly, and he wants to help this team win so yeah. badly mm-hmm. that he's just he's getting in his own way right now. Well, what a he, frustrating he just needs year. To settle down a hundred percent. But a big part of that is what's going on in front of him. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. The Flames haven't been good as good in front of their goaltenders this season mm-hmm. as they were last. Yeah. And it seems like they either score five or six or they score none or one or two. If they could get to three on a regular basis, don't you think they're going to make life a lot easier on both Markstrom and Vladar? Well, that's that's the goal, right? Yeah. And Sutter had spoken to that as well this morning about how if, if we get if we just get three goals a game, we're, we're going to be fine. But I think every team in the league would pretty much say that. Maybe not the team they're playing tonight. They need probably four a night <laughs> to have a chance against anyone. Uh, Carl Vamalka has been really good for them. Like he's got a nine thirteen save percentage on a bad team, and, and this, but the, but pretty much the same goals against average as Jacob Markstrom. So anyway, yeah. point taken. Like he's been very good on a very bad team. Uh, a couple other things I want to throw at you, Derek, while you're here, because uh, I think you know I haven't had a chance to speak to them, but the Sean Monahan that night, oh. I thought that his raw emotion the morning of was absolutely. Well, it was very unique. You don't see a player break down and, and almost be in tears, fight off tears. It was touching. It was it was beautiful. I wish we could see more of that in sports. It, it was just wonderful. And then I thought the crowd deserved 
full kudos. I mean, I knew that it was going to be an overwhelming supportive night. It wasn't going to be mixed like Kachuk, which we knew. But you tell me, did you not think that that was just a beautiful night? And the fact that he got two assists and his team won, I got no problem with that narrative at all. I, I thought it was perfect in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie, I got a lot of texts after he, he spoke with the media oh, that morning. Beautiful. They're like, way to go, Wills. You made Monaghan cry. Yeah, that was you. That's right. Right? Uh, I mean, I think we all have a soft spot for Sean Monaghan. And, and I know that uh, there are mixed feelings about Matthew Kachuk, about uh, his time here. He was a great player. He's a unicorn. Uh, and he's still a great player with the Panthers. But you know, he wasn't at his best in the playoffs when we all kind of thought he would be at his best because of the way he's wired. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then him going to Brad Treleving and, and saying, I'm not willing to sign here long term. You could look at that two different ways. You could look at that as, well, at least he's given them a heads up and they can go get something for him now. Or you can look at it, uh, well, he doesn't want to be in Calgary. He doesn't want to be with the Flames. So I, I, I thought the fans handled that perfect. Give him a, a standing ovation. And I would say 60 to 70% of the building did. And then they booed him after that, which is perfect. Yeah, I thought that was perfect the way too. he wanted it too. You know, because if I'm, no. Matt, if I'm Matthew Kachuk, me getting booed on the road is a sign of respect because people don't bother to boo someone who's no good. You know what I mean? I know, but I, I spoke to him after the game, and he was not comfortable with the boos. Really? I can just tell you that. That, that, was a, that, did, that stuck in his craw. And it, I think he knew deep down that probably he was in line for that, but a place that he called home for six years Fair. and gave everything he had, he did not like it. We asked him three different ways about the boos, and uh, he was at a loss for words in, on all three occasions and kind of shrugged. And, you know, he didn't want to say anything that, you know, came across as harsh on the fans. He just didn't like it. And I don't blame him. I'm okay with that. But but I think he knows that moving forward, like now that this initial visit's over, right. it's game on. And he'll be treated like he is in 30 other rinks. I wonder if he would have reacted the same way had the Panthers won that game. And then, uh, you know, maybe he sticks his chest out a little bit after the game and uh, and reacts differently. But, you know what, clearly – he didn't mind getting booed in Edmonton a couple of nights earlier or one night earlier. I guess yeah. it was a back-to-back for them because he did the old Hulk Hogan hand mm-hmm. of the year after he scored the first goal of that hockey He wouldn't game. have done that here, I don't think. And, and you know, it's funny. He was asked about being a villain, and I think he's the best villain in the NHL, mm-hmm. and I think it's good for the game. But it's funny that he, he, doesn't, he doesn't really see think it that of way. No way. himself as a villain, but I think he is. Matthew but. Kachuk wants to be Brad Marchand 2.0, but, not the Brad Marchand who is licking faces. Don't you think he's a villain? I do. He was, and and he has the capability of yeah. at any given time doing it again. And so does Matthew. He got suspended earlier this year, two games for sticking a stick in a goalie's face, right? But I think generally speaking, you look at Matthew's body of work over the last year and a half, and that guy's more star than he is villain. He's yeah. a superstar in well, the National both. Hockey League. There's no I question. Think he's both. I, I don't think he's villain anymore I, as much. I think he wants to distance himself. He hates that tab. He hates being called that. He hates that reputation. He wants to be known as a great hockey player. And I think in time he will be just known as that. But he'll always have that snap capability, I think, to be the Brad Marchand or to get suspended. He's toned it down. He's toned it down is my point. But if if you're not trying to be a villain, why do you do the Hulk Hogan thing up at Edmonton? And I know that he hates the Oilers. Uh, that one goes still back more than he hates the lightning, even though he said, well, it's, I'm yeah. a Panther now, so I That'll hate take the lightning. Time. But, yeah, I, you know what? Back to Sean Monaghan, because I thought it was awesome. And just to see some, some real emotion from him, not only in the morning when we talked to him, but when the Flames ran that great video tribute. And I think what might have got him uh, in the morning when I asked him that question was saying, when you get the standing ovation that you deserve to get. 
mm-hmm. right? I thought that maybe got his wheels turning a little bit. Um, but he, he wanted to be here. He, he didn't ask to, no. to leave Calgary. No. He didn't ask to, to get away from the Flames. They, they made a move to bring in Nazem Kadri, so they had to move some salary, yeah. and Sean Monaghan was uh, a guy that allowed them to do that. But when you think about what he played through for two seasons, Eric, and, and maybe more, because oh. what, one of the things I love about Sean Monaghan is how he lied to us on a daily basis. I like that too. <laughs> right? Sean, uh, are, are you battling through something? No, I'm fine. Well, no, you're Amazing. not, because you just had hip surgery at the end of the season. And he did it not once, but twice. And we heard stories about how over the last couple of years, he would bend down to take a face-off and, and then try up. to stand up, and his hip would lock up. He'd have to snap his hip back yeah. into place. Can you imagine yeah. what he was playing through? Well, and even when he was uh, taking a lot of heat from, from the media or from fans, I think more from fans than the media, because we knew he was going through something, he, he, he never pushed back on it. He no. just kept saying, I'm fine. I've got to be better. It's hard not to have a lot of respect for somebody like that. Yeah. And, and he did a lot for this organization on the ice and off the ice. So I thought the way the fans handled Kachuk was perfect. And I, I thought the way the fans handled Monaghan was perfect yeah. too. And, and how perfect it was it that Matthew or that uh, Sean Monaghan the other night showed up for the game wearing a, a boot. So ironic, right? Like it, it's just, it's so fitting that he spent his whole career here playing hurt and didn't want anyone to know. Had Ryan Leslie not spotted him in that boot before the game, nobody would have known he was wearing it before the game. Now, after the game, when he talked to us, he was wearing it again, and he limped out of the press room. It's got to be a broken foot, don't you think? Probably a small fracture. I don't, yeah. Small, big. I don't, I'm no doctor. It's a fracture, yeah. and it requires a boot, and that's hard to play through, I would assume. Well, it's got to be painful. But, I yeah. mean, the, the one thing is he's got a walking boot on when he comes to the game, and he's got a boot on during the game. Protects it. Right? Sometimes yeah, uh, stabilizes the skate, it. yeah, will give you that the stability that you're missing yeah. without a boot of some sort on. But, yeah, I just think perfectly fitting because yeah, he played through so many injuries, hip injuries, wrist injuries, and, and did it with his head held high and, and played at a pretty high level during his time here with 720-goal seasons, 330-goal seasons. You know what's funny about Sean Monaghan is when, when you think about other prominent players – over the last decade or so, there are certain moments that really jump out, like on-the-ice mm-hmm. moments that really jump out. You know, Johnny Gaudreau's uh, goal against the Ducks in the playoffs and then his goal in overtime of Game 7 against the Stars, those jump out. Kachuk's goal between the legs yeah. on Halloween in against Nashville. the Predators. Uh, his game-tying goal in Game 7 against the Stars. The, the moment that jumps out to me more than any other for Sean Monaghan was him being uh, unable to play in the playoffs last year and waiting in the tunnel. And then Johnny Gaudreau comes off the mm-hmm. ice, sees Sean Monaghan, and they embrace. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that, for me, that's like the fondest memory I have of Sean Monaghan. He got a standing ovation. I think it was that night from the fans, right? Or at some point in time in the playoffs, they showed him up on the Flames Energy yeah. Board. He got standing ovation. Um, but that moment for me was, was so fitting in so many ways. Yeah. Okay, we got to take a break here. But a couple quick questions on the uh, fan feedback line. Um, why, was, uh, why wasn't Sonny Milano a fit for this team? Uh, he was brought in to provide offense, and he didn't provide any of it or any glimpses of it in the preseason, so no go. I think it was that simple. Yeah, uh, and I don't know why he wasn't a fit. On paper, he appeared to be a fit. Thought it was a really good signing at the time, bringing him in on a PTO coming off what was a career year. But let's be honest, Eric, from the moment we first saw him on the ice, he just – he didn't do anything. No. He didn't pop at all. I think the Flames wanted it to work. Yeah. He just, Sonny Milano had an opportunity. And he, he didn't make the most of it. And Milano's numbers uh, were inflated the first half of last season. He was playing on a line with Zegris. 
and uh, he lit it up for a good portion of the first 30, 40 games, and then he was, he did nothing for the final half of the season. Yeah. So I wasn't surprised when he didn't fulfill the the expectations that some people had for him. I thought they were they were a little bit lofty those expectations on the guy. Okay. Um, I love Sean Monaghan. Matthew can beat it. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Do you feel the Flames have to pay, play at least 600 hockey in order to make the playoffs? Um, with teams like Minnesota and Dallas coming on, these two games are crucial. Well, yeah, th- this this stretch, this is actually a very favorable schedule for the Calgary Flames. For the first little while, they're not facing a murderer's row of top teams in the National Hockey League. They've had such a tough schedule the first half of the season. And, uh, yeah, this is a bit of a respite from that. Like, tonight's guaranteed win night. I'll, I'll throw that out there. I'll, uh, I'll refund anyone. They better money. win, I'm but kidding. I'm not sure it's guaranteed <laughs> win night. No, but to, you would think that this is the free spot on the bingo card. I've used that term before, and I've been wrong. So. You know what worries me about this game, Eric? The last time these two teams played, the Flames beat the Coyotes 9-1. to Oh, you, yeah. you can't go into this game thinking it's going to be guaranteed win night, thinking it's going to be easy. This Coyotes team, despite the fact they played almost all their games on the road, this is number 13 of 14, 14 in a row on and, the road. And that's an NHL record, and by the way. And they're only four games below 500. Not bad for a team that was supposed to be dead last. Yeah. Not far from dead last, but uh, they, they've been a tough out on most nights. Yeah. So Flames better not think it's going to be easy tonight. Okay, I think it'll be easy tonight. The Flames shouldn't, shouldn't I hope you're right. That. I'd like to call a lot of goals tonight. There you go. Okay, <laughs> we're going to take a break. Thank you, Derek Wills, for joining us. And my friend, uh, we're going to come back with Ryan Leslie. Uh, in just a few minutes, we're going to talk a little bit about Luso Valamaki. Had a great chat with him uh, this morning. Some interesting comments from him. And uh, he's fitting in very, very well. Thank you very much in the desert. Although he hasn't played many games in the desert, he is a Coyote. And he's plus four, six points. Uh, not not exactly setting the world on fire, but playing every single night. Playing 17 minutes a night. And we'll hear from him after the break as well as get some thoughts from uh, Ryan Lesson. Because one of the things that we start to ask now is... And it's still several months to go, but how will Johnny Gaudreau be received? It's been a conversation I've had with a lot of people. Uh, will it be more like Monaghan? Will it be more like Kachuk? Will it be uh, even harder on him than Kachuk? The fans were after the initial reception. Lots to discuss with Ryan Leslie. You're listening to the Eric Francis Show on Sports Set 960. The fan. It's brought to you, of course, by Horse Racing Alberta. And if you uh, are interested in some Christmas fun, the annual Christmas market's happening December 3rd and 4th at Century Downs from 11 to 4 p.m. with over 60 local crafters and artisans. Admission is free. We'll take a break. We'll be back in just a few. This is the Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, it's Eric Francis Show. I'm Eric Francis. We do it every Monday. The focus generally is on storytelling. I like people come on and tell stories. Today's is a little bit more about this current situation with the Calgary Flames because I do believe that what Markstrom said after the game last week when he said he basically sucked at hockey. I mean, that was so over the top, and I do believe that it's had a ripple effect uh, on this team. Not the team so much, but I think the approach that they're now going to take with the goaltenders has been altered. And as I played earlier, uh, Daryl Sutter kind of admitted as much. And I'm fascinated to see where they go from here in terms of who starts Wednesday, who starts Friday in Columbus. Then there's a back-to-back in Toronto Saturday. For all those things and more, we turn to one of my regulars here on the show. My, uh, my, I was going to call you my sidekick, buddy, as a joke, but uh, I'm your sidekick on the TV broadcast tonight and moving <laughs> forward. So I won't go there, my friend. It's Ryan wow. Leslie, and he joins us on the Atlas Pizza Guest Hotline. Thanks, buddy. How are you? 
I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, looking forward to uh, this tilt tonight. I mean, what a run it's been when you think about, you know, just that road trip and then coming back. You have Kachuk, you've got Monaghan, you've got Ovechkin, and I know it's a big uh, letdown, but I know there's also a lot of people who are kind of excited to see what uh, Yuso Valamaki can do. I know it's the, the Arizona-Calgary matchup isn't one that everybody points to, but I think there's some, some intriguing storylines, and, of course, the one that you mentioned, the goaltending, is what everybody's keeping an eye on and I think talking about. And and I, I want to go down the Valamaki path in a second because I know you're tight with with Yuso, and, and I think the whole city really liked the guy and had high expectations for him. Uh, and we have a, some clips I want to play today from from him coming back into town. But I, I, I first just want to go. You were talking about homecomings, and mm-hmm. play, we're going to be in Columbus on Friday night, where the Flames are obviously going to play against Johnny Gaudreau. And I know you stay in touch with a lot of these guys. Can you give us just a a hint of what you think his mindset may be going into that game? You know. Yeah, I mean, there's been I've had a little bit of back and forth with him. I think he's he's found a home in Columbus. Uh, I know that um, it's it's not what Flames fans want to hear, and it's certainly completely different. And just before we go down that road, it's really interesting to hear how many, you know, in, in hearing from these guys, just how many of these guys, while they have moved on, are still. And I don't mean this to sound like oh great story bro but like they really do hold calgary near and dear to their hearts still the people the community uh the memories for a lot of these guys it started here and yes they've moved on and that's what happens in pro sports we all know that it's a business but i'm kind of glad to hear that even though with all of that said the business side of it and the moving on and you know change of scenery be it on the beach or be it in montreal or be it in arizona or columbus it doesn't matter um it's still great to hear that these guys still get it and that it left an impression. And that's the one thing with all of these guys who have left first rounders or whatever, or, or Johnny Gaudreau, they still hold this very close to their heart. And I don't say that flippantly. Like I'm talking about mm-hmm. specific conversations that the impact is very real. And I think Calgarians uh, will, and the city will certainly have a special place. But as far as Gaudreau is concerned, that's no different. Um, you know, haven't talked to him too, too much um, about anything too deep, but just the idea that, you know, his mindset, I think, has to be that probably looking forward to doing it, but getting it over with. Yeah, um, yeah, I believe you. You know, because the buildup, you see it on the calendar. It's coming. Uh, one thing to do it in Columbus, another one to do it on January 23rd um, here when he makes his return. I, I would imagine that one's got a little bit more Mm-hmm. you know, anxiousness and trepidation, whatever you want to say. But I think that's the one that, that will be big. I think in Columbus, um, it'll be neat to play against his old teammates. Um, I don't know what to anticipate, like on the ice, if there'll be, I don't know, any kind of different treatment towards him as it would be any other player. I don't think so. Um, the fans back in Calgary may have something different to say. Um, but yeah, I think just anticipation and then getting it over with. What will that be that the Flames fans have to say? I, I, I don't want to get too deep into it. I just want yeah. your quick thoughts on that because that conversation's already being had. Mm-hmm. How will it compare to the Kachuk reception? Or I think it'll it, be stronger. I think it might be a I little bit too. more negative. Yeah, me too. Um, it felt, uh, it felt, it's funny, I walked out with Matthew afterwards 
But to me, I said this to him, it almost, the booze almost felt fake. It felt like, oh. all right, hey, you want to boo him? Like, it just felt like kind of manufactured. They were. But they I were playful. Like, yeah. And I think John's might be a little bit more authentic when he receives <laughs> a few Bronx cheers. Very different scenario. Um, and tonight, I'm not sure we'll have a Valimaki tribute video, but uh, I think he, when I talked to him, he said it was just weird walking in and going to the other side and, and uh, just taking it all in. He goes, I, I miss some really good people here, but, um, you know, that chapter for him is closed. You kind of understand why. Um, you know, it didn't go the way he wanted it here, but he's playing great. And I think for John... You know, it was uh, just something, uh, a personal and professional decision. And I think uh, anticipation and uh, and then put it behind him. Yeah, and I, I think uh, we're speaking to Ryan Leslie, by the way, uh, here on New York Francis Show. I, I was going to play the clips from uh, from Vius of Alamaki. We spoke yeah. to him just earlier, and it's great to hear from But it's six minutes long. I don't know if we necessarily need to go uh, through all of it, but I, I want to just highlight – one of the things that he said that, that really kind of stuck out to me. I asked him about, you know, the environment that he's in. Is it more of a positive environment for you to be in? And is this a better fit for you, given that you're a young player playing on a growing, a young team that's growing? Both of you and the team are the growing. And he just said, just a positive start. Talking to people and them encouraging me. Trying to pump my tires in the sense of, you're a player. We're going to help you. We see a lot of potential mm-hmm. in you. That's what helped a lot. That part of it wasn't present as much here in Calgary, especially towards the end when you don't play much or you don't play necessarily the way you want or someone else wants out of you. Then you don't talk about the positives as much, and I'm a, I'm a guy who feeds off positive energy instead of a negative one. What are your thoughts when you hear something like that? I think it's very consistent with what I've heard from a lot of players around the league. Some attached to the Flames, some in other markets. I'll give it to you this way. Pardon me. I spoke with Charlie McAvoy in Boston on the air. He was making his return to their lineup. Asked him with their new coach, Montgomery, you know, as an out, you know, as he was observing his team and then getting back in the lineup, what's, what's really stood out. He talked about the positivity. Jim Montgomery has got a new lease on his coaching life, and he's making the most of it, and he's getting the most out of his players. Talked to the head coach today, the Arizona Coyotes, and he was just talking about how some guys need a kick in the pants, other guys need a pat on the back. That's not new. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, great length, went on to talk about Paul Maurice being hard on him, but knowing how to get the most out of him, and it's the most positive environment there is. So you're talking about you, so you're t- and not just guys who are you know affiliated with Calgary, but around the league, this positive approach. Who doesn't want that in the workplace? Mm-hmm. So, and in 2022, almost 23, uh, you can bet the NHL is probably coming on board a lot more like corporations and companies that have to kind of approach it. Now, this is pro sports. You got to be tough. You got to have thick skin. Mm-hmm. But do you, are you all pulling on the rope the same way? Because um, if so, then you want to try to figure out how to get the most out of your players. And I think that is being adopted and approached completely differently now, more so than ever. Uh, there are still hard coaches. We know that in this market and around the league. Um, but you got to want to come to the rink. you got to want to like your job. you got to want to go through a wall. 
for a coach and a teammate. And uh, I just find it fascinating that around the league, you're starting to hear more and more and more. It's a positive work environment. It's a positive place to be. It's still hockey. Yeah, it's pro. And yeah, you, it's not all roses and rosy and ice cream and balloons. Uh, so toughen up. I'm completely on board. It, you know, it just, so, go ahead. Go ahead. No, sorry. I was just going to say it's, it's so – it is such a, a a fine line, though, because look what we've talked about in this city for so many years. Well, Glenn Galtzen, he was too nice. You know, uh, Bill Peters, he was too hard on them. Uh, and it seems like this organization keeps flipping and flopping between the two. Someone's either too nice or too mm-hmm. hard on them. You know what I mean? And it, it, you almost well, need that Goldilocks I, I, approach where it's back. someone in the middle. That's why I revert back. How are you getting the most out of players? That's That, to me, is the, is the great equalizer. Are you getting the most out of them? Coaches' jobs are to win hockey games and get the most out of players in order to win hockey games. No matter how they do it? No matter how they do it. So okay. isn't it like anything else? about recognizing how to get the most out of Jonathan Huberto or a Charlie McAvoy or a Nathan McKinnon or a Yusuf Valimaki who's a completely other end of the spectrum. Yeah. They believe in Valimaki down there. Shane Jones had great conversations with him. Mm-hmm. Listen, this guy's going to play in Arizona for a long time. Mm-hmm. He First couldn't say that here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to like. He's a quality young man. Are there flaws in his game? Yes, he's the first to admit that. But you know what? What he said today was, you know, when I screw up, it's addressed. But it's not dwelled upon. Yeah. And it's not going to just take him out. So you get the most out of the acquisition, out of the player. Yeah. A lot of first-rounders leave here. Um, and they seem to be doing okay elsewhere. It's not taking Matthew Kachuk a long time to get going. It's not taking uh, Sean Monahan a long time to get going. It's not taking Yusuf Alamaki a long time get going so you know i just firmly believe if you're trying to get the most out of your asset every case is individual in order for that team goal of winning games Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. talking to ryan leslie it's the eric francis show brought to you by horse racing alberta the flames play tonight with dan vladar between the pipes Mm. coach had some interesting words as we played earlier today basically saying that he's kind of altered his approach as to how they're going to assigned starts from now on what is your guess ryan in terms of and this is a fool's errand i get it trying to figure out what this coach is going to do and i also think that he's going to take into account like literally what happens tonight what happens wednesday like every start will matter in terms of his decision making but do you believe i guess i'll ask you this it's a little easier question over the next say five games and in there's a three and four night road trip over the next five games do you envision a scenario where vladar gets you know, four starts. I think it's. I think it's a given that at least three of them will be his. Yeah, I think so. And and just to think about what we were just talking about, isn't it nice that Daryl has adjusted to get the most out of his goaltending situation? Yeah, like he had a blueprint, and you, you know, converse with your coaching staff, including your goaltending coach and Jordan Sigala, and you, and you adjust, and you are flexible. But the also, you got to keep in mind the other thing to remember is you got to start winning now. And so while you can be loyal to either the number one guy or the bigger paycheck or what have you, right now this group needs wins strung together. 
So, yeah, that is going to cause you to readjust, reevaluate, and rethink about maybe your approach to, uh, you know, we heard, oh, he's going to get a start a week. That didn't go down. Okay, nope. well, now he might get way more. And now for the first time this season, he's doing back-to-back start. I mean, two in a row. And rightly so. He's playing well. They're getting the most out of him. And the coach has been open-minded enough to see that and and reward that split with the uh, ability to let this other goaltender, who, as you mentioned right off the top, is fighting it a bit. So let him find his game. Let him find his confidence. Let him watch. And isn't it great to see those visuals of him supporting Vladar on the bench, as mm-hmm. he always does. It's not new. But just the idea that he's in a looks like he's in a mentally different place in that supportive role right now, and then you hope he kind of finds his A game on the ice. So, yeah, I just think all around, this goaltending example kind of touches on what we're talking about overall and trying to figure out, be flexible, get the most, be open-minded to um, get the most for your group. And the reality is they need wins, so ride what's working. And that's no different for any position in my mind. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The uh, fan feedback line is, you know, I I didn't want this to become – Johnny Gaudreau will have his day because – He's coming on January 23rd, and, and that'll be the big topic for a week or so leading up to it, no doubt about it. Uh, around the league, it'll be the big, it'll be a big talking point. The fact mm-hmm. that we're going to Columbus for Friday, I don't, uh, that, that's, that, that is barely going to register the needle in terms of interest, if you ask me. But I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I think no, a lot I think of people are going to tune in. I think you're wrong on that. I think people are going to be keeping an eye on that. It's a Friday night game. I, I think Fair people enough. are going to okay. watch that, and I think they're going to have – Will it be the same as the 23rd of January? No, but they're gonna. This is this is chapter one in this. They there's for nothing else. They there's a curiosity, uh, an itch that needs to be scratched. That's about it. They still look, and then I think after January, the book's closed. And to your point, uh, you know the fan feedback line. People are all chiming in on it. what you know, Johnny. I don't blame Johnny for leaving. I, I think that's one thing that gets mistaken. All this. I don't. You know, I've been obviously on the record quite a bit as being critical of Johnny at different junctures for different things, you know, but, but I will never ever criticize anyone for seeking greener pastures in their career or in their life. And so I don't think anybody should blame him for signing elsewhere. That, that, that I don't have a problem with. Same with Matthew Kachuk, but uh, no, it's but the way he went about Flames it. Fans, yes. The at Flames the 11th hour. Are- yeah, I choked about that. And, you know, listen, here's a player who absolutely loved Daryl Sutter, was hoping that Daryl would be around for John's entire tenure as a Calgary Flame going forward. That's how highly he thought of him. And, uh, you know, the way it went down, and sometimes those situations happen. I'm not going to make any excuses for anybody. He's a big boy, and he made a life decision. I just think Flames fans are sitting there going, oh, okay. And plus, people just want a reason to boo. They want a reason to hey, make it villain, that's and that's fine. why we love sport. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And, and let me throw this at you. You know, so they lost Gaudreau, and and but but all hope was re- restored when you know they signed Kadri and and they made the big trade for Matthew Kachuk. Like what what looked like it was going to be a terrible summer at one point there when it was clear that Kachuk was leaving and Johnny had already left. That you know, obviously, everything got turned around in a lot of ways because of the big trade. I'll ask you this. The reception for Kachuk, would you agree with me that it would have been radically different if the return for Kachuk would have been uh, far inferior like it probably should have been in most people's minds anyway? 
sorry, you're asking me what I, exactly? Because they because they got uh, you know four incredible assets for Matthew Kachuk. I think mm -hmm. people are like, you know what? You left. That's fine. You gave us six good years. We'll cheer you. Ah. And, and we get to move on with these two young players and a, and a draft pick and all this other stuff. Had the return been what I think most people in the hockey world expected, which was just nothing but prospects and draft picks for Matthew Kachuk, I think that he would have been in for a much rougher ride from the start when he returned. Would you agree? Uh, maybe, but I think Treliving certainly would have been. I think it's all smoothed over on a number of fronts because of the return. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and arguing woulda, coulda, shouldas and possibilities, I don't know. But I really do believe Brad not only was up against it, but the reason why is because you don't get the return. Man, you're, you're going to get crucified. And even though people in this market are very smart to understand that his hands were tied to a degree, you still want max. And, you know, you, people are still looking for a head and, uh, on a platter. And, and I just think, you know, they're emotional. It's the summer, and they're watching two players walk. And thank God, there's good value you can handle it. But you know, and this is a long-term, big-picture thing. But you know, I still think they keep an eye on what these other players are doing and what's happening here. And again, we look at all of the, you know, all the details and the minutia of the game. But the truth is, Calgary needs wins. They need consistency. They need these new players to get going. Um, and they're seeing the other players rolling for the most part. And uh, they want some of that. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know about the the what it would have been like if they didn't get the fair value. I just know True Living would have felt some heat. He felt the heat anyhow. And he, for the most part, I think, hit a home run. We'll have to evaluate this much further down the road as years, we get yeah. into it. But it's it's still so early. But how this all shakes down. Uh, given what we know today, I think everybody can say that was a best-case scenario, and uh, I might put the pitchforks away for now. <laughs> Give me a chance to boo, you know, John or Matthew or what have you, but um, all they're really focused on, Eric, I think now, given that the dust has settled, is I want some wins, and it better, you know, for Christmas, for the new year, and into the postseason. Um I think that's all that matters around here. Give me some wins right away so I know and can believe in this team and then do it in the playoffs mm -hmm. and do it and go deeper than we have because we can talk about all this stuff, but really doesn't it all that matter is that this team get out of the second round? Like it, it, it's really, and we're in December, so we can't look too far ahead, but that's what people still talk about and, and really focus on. Ultimately that's, the only mm -hmm. way they'll be judged, but everyone in the front office and even in that room right now, especially because of the poor start that they've got off to, I think that's mm -hmm. a fair classification. Everyone's mm -hmm. just saying we just they just better make the playoffs at this point in time. Yeah. What one more for you, Ryan? Uh, I, I, I when you look at Dan Vladar, I, I heard on the weekend, and I, I don't want to mischaracterize his comments, but I, I, I think Brett Cron was on the show on Friday, and he was saying he didn't Cronin? think Dan Vladar could be a starter. Um, just oh. yet, like I, I, and I, I hope I'm not. I, I heard part of the interview, and I, I thought he just thought he doesn't think that if, if 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 he had to be the starter right now, that he could be that guy right now. Hmm. I don't that think that they're going me if to that ask were the him. case, but I, I don't know if that's. At, I mean, I would disagree with that if that's in fact uh, what he said. I mean, I've watched like you and so many other people uh, have watched what Dan Vladar has done. Uh, he's been on the short side of a, of the results a couple of times, a few times 
but boy, oh boy, if you go back and rewind the tape, he's been lights out. So anybody, I don't know if Croner said that or not, but uh, I, I really believe his performance, his attitude, his likability in that room. Uh, I would, I would uh, argue that uh, not only you know he's been the better night in, night out, given limited opportunities uh, of the two. Uh, he's certainly not Jacob doesn't have Jacob Markstrom's resume or games played or anything along those lines, but just on his performance and, and merit this season. Yeah. He could start in a lot of teams, uh, I think, including this one. And I don't, I don't have any question in my mind. I still, he just signed a two year extension after this year, which again, I think is another stroke yeah. of genius by this general manager. I no question in my mind when that contract's over in three years from now, he'll be a starting goalie somewhere and he's probably going to get a lot of money to do it. Hey, he's a piece right now. If you had to, if you were really yeah. up against it and you needed help elsewhere, I, I think there'd be a lot of teams knocking and, and kicking tires on your goalie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I agree. But, I agree. But I, but I, I, I guess the point is, it's a different mindset, and we all know this. David Riddick, when he had to be the starter, when there was an injury and he had to be the starter, he he flopped. And because there's an added workload physically, mentally, and and that's just something that that question can only be answered in time, having gone through it. That's the only way we'll ever know the answer. I'm optimistic that Vladar has the mindset, the physical capability, and all the tools mm-hmm. that needed to do that. But you know, I think Kron's point is until he does it, um, he doubts that he can do it. So anyway, we won't yeah, have to well, find out. Yeah, we've seen him play some big boy, you know, some big teams, and and I've seen him play really well up close and personal. Uh, I'm certainly no goalie expert. I just know with what we're watching and the performances and, and the lift that he's given uh, this team when they've needed it. I tell you, when he's come up short on in the wins and loss category, nobody has been going, oh, that guy kind of let us down. They've all yeah. been like, this guy is the reason why it was even a game. So, you know, again, Kron played. Uh, I listened to the players, uh, I, and – and the eye test is pretty good. This guy's this guy, I think, could could do uh, could carry the mail for a long time for teams. The whole city's certainly cheering for him, and they're excited that he's getting you know a bit of a, a hint of a chance of that right now. So mm-hmm. we'll see tonight. Flames game seven o'clock. Puck drop shortly thereafter. It'll be on Sportsnet. You and I will be on the broadcast with Megan Mickelson. Look forward to it, my friend. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'll see you tonight. Appreciate it, my man. That's Ryan Leslie. Coming to us from the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Hotline. 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner for takeout or delivery. Call 403-248-3344 or dine in at Atlas Pizza 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. The Eric Francis Show goes every Monday from 1 till 2. It's brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. Tickets are now on sale for New Year's Eve. Las Vegas-themed burlesque show, dessert buffet, and mid-champagne toast included for only 85 We'll do it all again next week. Enjoy the game tonight. You've been listening again to The Eric Francis Show.